In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending February 13th, USDA held a roundtable discussion this past week in Tampa, Florida to discuss trade. Under Secretary for USDA's Farm and Foreign Agricultural Services, Michael T. Skuse was in town to talk about trade promotion authority. I caught up with him afterwards as he discussed the importance of TPA. The major emphasis for this meeting was to sit down with our agricultural stakeholders and talk about trade promotion authority for the president and how important that is, what it would mean for us to uh, to hopefully conclude the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership negotiations and what the TPP negotiations and deal would ultimately do for Florida producers. And Skuse was pleased with the discussions. There were some great questions, some great comments. Pretty much every industry was represented. So uh, it was one of the most productive meetings, I think, that I've been able to have. And more of that interview is on our website at southeastagnet.com. Well, if you're an organic farmer, Gary Crawford reports you probably have already received a big survey form from the Ag Department. Organic production, it's one of the fastest growing sectors of agriculture, in fact growing so fast that it is a challenge to keep current. But Chris Messer with the Agriculture Department Statistics Service says that's what the USDA is trying to do as we speak. With a major organic survey going on, survey forms have been sent out to every known certified organic producer in the country, and those organic producers growing according to the standards, but falling below the $5,000 sales threshold, and also those people that are transitioning to certified organic. Total number all three categories, just under 17,000. It was only a bit over 14,000 just two years ago. And the data is important. She gives a few reasons. One is that we've continued to see growth in the industry. Uh, second is just the need for additional data for various uh, agencies and commodity use. So as an example, it's very important to the risk management agency so that they can expand the use of their products to producers. And also I think it's uh, important in trade negotiations so that uh, we know organic commodities are important to some consumers in the U.S. and they're also important to consumers around the world. Chris Messer says surveys went out last month, then those non-responders are getting another survey in the mail, and then we will be doing the telephone portion of the follow-up to the non-response in March. And maybe a few personal interviews as well if they're needed. Now this survey is considered part of the census making it mandatory for producers to respond. Messer hoping to get all the data in by April 3rd, a full report out by late August. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. Thanks, Gary. In other news, it was announced during the recent cattle industry convention that producers could once again go through BQA certification process for free. Dr. Scott King with Bear Ringer Ingelheim Vet Medica Incorporated says they are sponsoring a beef quality assurance free online training and certification period. We've been partnering with NCBA to uh, provide several free certification windows to encourage people to become BQA certified. So starting now, anyone who wants to become BQA certified can do this free of charge until April 15th, compliments of Beringer Ingelheim. He says BQA helps increase consumer confidence in the beef industry. All this does is reinforce industry best practices on individual operations to help producers instill confidence in our consumers. That's what it's all about. And Dr. King says all segments of the industry can benefit from becoming BQA certified, including producers from cow-calf, dairy, stalker, and feed yard operations, and anyone affiliated with those segments. They can go to uh, the website. It's bivi-bqa.com, and they can sign up there to become certified.
To get started, simply go to BIVI-BQA.com or you can go to BQA.org slash team. Well, Tyron Spearman had a story this week about a new high-yielding peanut seed that is coming out this year. During the research update from the Georgia Peanut Commission last week, Dr. Bill Branch, peanut breeder at the University of Georgia, announced he has a new high-yielding, high-lick, smaller-seeded runner-type peanut that will be released this year to growers. It's called Georgia 13M. It's similar to other high-oleg runner-type varieties in the fact that it has a high-oleg, meaning a high-oleg oil content or a longer shelf life, and low linoleic acid. He said it combines high-yield, resistant to tomato spotted wilt virus with excellent roasting flavor like Georgia Green and the high-oleg trait for longer shelf life and improved oil quality of peanuts and peanut products. He said it's the new variety. You better check with your seed supplier. Seed will be limited this season. Try to order some seed for the 2016 season. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Kathy Isom had a story this week about how the new lean protein venison is gaining popularity in retail stores and why it's healthy to eat. Whether you're looking to switch up your diet for health reasons or perhaps want to shine at the next neighborhood barbecue, experts say you should try venison. Beef itself in a three-ounce portion, we're looking at roughly about 247 calories. And then if you take a look in that relationship to venison, it has only about 134 calories in a three-ounce serving. Richard Crawl of Penn State University Extension says there are other favorable comparisons of venison versus red meat. Red meat have a little bit higher amount of saturated fat. Venison itself is a very lean cut of meat. As well as offering several essential nutrients, such as higher levels of iron and vitamin B6 and riboflavin, eating venison can benefit those dealing with health concerns such as heart disease or high cholesterol. In respect to eating a healthy diet, the introduction of venison can actually be a benefit in regards to a cut of meat that's going to have overall lower calories, lower saturated fat, and additional nutrients that sometimes we don't find even in our red meat. Recently, venison started gaining popularity in the larger retail markets, but the supply is still limited. Crawl believes as more stores and restaurants offer this choice of meat, it will become more economical through at least the retail channels. Opportunity to use venison as a protein in your meal planning warrants consideration to try it. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And we wrap up this week's podcast with Everett Griner talking about agriculture profitability. How many times have you heard a farm reporter talk about productivity or technology or conservation? It's somewhere in just about every report I do. They're the components that make agriculture. I don't think I've ever, until now, talked about profitability. Oh, I've done thousands of market reports, grain, livestock, vegetables, cotton. But what I'm getting at now is, other than the producer himself, who's concerned about whether corn farmers are making a profit or not? He may have a good year this year, but historically, a good farm year financially is followed by a bad year. Now, what other industry could continue to increase its output with that kind of profitability? Production is vital to anyone who breathes. So it's technology, but profitability? I'm talking about farm profitability. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. Those reports and more can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.